Section 18 of The Art of Worldly Wisdom. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Tina Ding. The Art of Worldly Wisdom by Bartasar Gracian. Translated by Joseph Jacobs. 151. Think beforehand. Today, for tomorrow, and even for many days hence, the greatest foresight consists in determining beforehand the time of trouble. For the provident, there are no mischances, and for the careful, no narrow escapes. We must not put off thought till we're up to the chin in mire. Mature reflection can get over the most formidable difficulty. The pillow is a silent sibyl, and it is better to sleep on things beforehand than lie awake about them afterwards. Many act first and then think afterwards, that is, they think less of consequences than of excuses. Others think neither before nor after. The whole of life should be one course of thought how not to miss the right path. Rumination and foresight enable one to determine the line of life. 152. Never have a companion who casts you in the shade. The more he does so, the less desirable a companion he is. The more he excels in quality, the more in repute, he will always play first fiddle and you second. If you get any consideration, it is only his leavings. The moon shines bright alone among the stars. When the sun rises, she becomes either invisible or imperceptible. Never join one that eclipses you, but rather one who sets you in a brighter light. By this means, the cunning fabula in Marshall was able to appear beautiful and brilliant owing to the ugliness and disorder of her companions but one should as little imperil oneself by an evil companion as pay honor to another at the cost of one's own credit. When you are on the way to fortune, associate with the eminent, when arrived, with the mediocre. 153. Beware of entering where there is a great gap to be filled. But if you do it, be sure to surpass your predecessor, Merely to equal him requires twice his worth, as it is a fine stroke to arrange that our successor shall cause us to be wished back, so it is policy to see that our predecessor does not eclipse us. To fill a great gap is difficult, for the past always seems best, and to equal the predecessor is not enough since he has the right of first possession. You must, therefore, possess additional claims to oust the other from his hold on public opinion. 154. Do not believe or like lightly. Maturity of mind is best shown in slow belief. Lying is the usual thing, then let belief be unusual. He that is lightly led away soon falls into contempt. At the same time, there is no necessity to betray your doubts in the good faith of others, for this adds insult to discourtesy, 
since you make out your informant to be either deceiver or deceived. Nor is this the only evil. Want of belief is the mark of the liar who suffers from two failings. He neither believes nor is believed. Suspension of judgment is prudent in a hearer. The speaker can appeal to his original source of information. There is a similar kind of imprudence in liking too easily, for lies may be told by deeds as well as in words, and this deceit is more dangerous for practical life. 155. The Art of Getting Into a Passion If possible, oppose vulgar importunity with prudent reflection. It will not be difficult for a really prudent man. The first step towards getting into a passion is to announce that you are in a passion. By this means you begin the conflict with command over your temper, for one has to regulate one's passion to the exact point that is necessary and no further. This is the art of arts in falling into and getting out of a rage. You should know how and when best to come to a stop. It is most difficult to halt while running at a double. It is a great proof of wisdom to remain clear-sighted during paroxysms of rage. Every excess of passion is a digression from rational conduct. But by this masterly policy, reason will never be transgressed nor pass the bounds of its own synteresis. To keep control of passion, one must hold firm the reins of attention. He who can do so will be the first man wise on horseback, and probably the last. 156. Select your friends. Only after passing the matriculation of experience and the examination of fortune Will they be graduates not alone in affection, but in discernment? Though this is the most important thing in life, it is the one least cared for. Intelligence brings friends to some, chance to most. Yet a man is judged by his friends, for there was never agreement between wise men and fools. At the same time, to find pleasure in a man's society is no proof of near friendship. It may come from the pleasantness of his company more than from trust in his capacity. There are some friendships legitimate, others illicit. The latter for pleasure, the former for their fecundity of ideas and motives. Few are the friends of a man's self, most those of his circumstances. The insight of a true friend is more useful than the goodwill of others. Therefore, gain them by choice, not by chance. A wise friend words off worries, a foolish one brings them about. But do not wish them too much luck, or you may lose them. 157. Do not make mistakes about character. That is the worst and yet easiest error. Better be cheated in the price than in the quality of goods. In dealing with men, more than with other things, it is necessary to look within. 
To know men is different from knowing things. It is profound philosophy to sound the depths of feeling and distinguish traits of character. Men must be studied as deeply as books. 158. Make use of your friends. This requires all the art of discretion. Some are good afar off, some when near. Many are no good at conversation, but excellent as correspondence, for distance removes some failings which are unbearable in close proximity to them. Friends are for use even more than for pleasure, for they have the three qualities of the good, or, as some say, of being in general, unity, goodness, and truth. For a friend is all in all. Few are worthy to be good friends, and even these become fewer because men do not know how to pick them out. To keep is more important than to make friends. Select those that will wear well. If they are new at first, it is some consolation they will become old. Absolutely the best are those well salted, though they may require soaking in the testing. There is no desert like living without friends. Friendship multiplies the good of life and divides the evil. Tis the sole remedy against misfortune, the very ventilation of the soul. 159. Put up with fools. The wise are always impatient, for he that increases knowledge increases impatience of folly. Much knowledge is difficult to satisfy. The first great rule of life, according to Epictetus, is to put up with things. He makes that the moiety of wisdom. To put up with all the varieties of folly would need much patience. We often have to put up with most from those on whom we most depend, a useful lesson in self-control. Out of patience, comes forth peace, the priceless boon which is the happiness of the world. But let him that hath no power of patience retire within himself, though even there he will have to put up with himself. 160. Be careful in speaking with your rivals from prudence, with others for the sake of appearance. There is always time to add a word never to withdraw one. Talk as if you were making your will, the fewer words the last litigation. In trivial matters, exercise yourself for the more weighty matters of speech. Profound secrecy has some of the luster of the divine. He who speaks lightly soon falls or fails. End of section 18